thank you for listening. And if you're enjoying the show, please vote with your fingers and rate, review, or subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Every click, every like, and every positive review and every additional subscriber really does make a huge difference. It helps others to find the show and we really do appreciate it. We'd also love to see you at our upcoming live show at Busker's On The Ball Temple Bar in Dublin on August 21st with our special guest, Sky Sports NFL analyst, Phoebe Schechter. Full details on the website and on our social channels and tickets are available on eventbrite.ie. We'd love to see you then. Now, on with today's show. Hello everyone and welcome into today's Irish NFL show with me, Colm Cronin. And delighted to be today to be joined by a man who has done Trojan work uh, in terms of promoting the game across the globe. He truly is uh, involved in that. And uh, I had a, an interesting discussion with him just before we started recording around the pronunciation of his name. And that it is, I'm going to go with the Irish pronunciation of it. John McKeown, welcome to the Irish NFL show. That's, I, I like to hear it. it. It sounds, my name sounds proper when, when an Irish person says it. So it's like, I don't hear it that often. So it's, it's really great. Thank you for having me. Well, yeah, we're going to delve into the fact, you know, you are the, you, the, the owner of AFI and the Paris Musketeers and we, we'll delve into that. But perhaps before we do, um, in terms of your own uh, heritage, because given the, the name and what we've just said, um, what what is your connection to this little green island o- over here? How far back uh, in the generations do you, does it do you, do you go? That's a that's a good question. I mean, I my, I have some family historians that have that have done a little work and and dug back to, you know, I I want to say, you know, it's, it's at least four or five generations. And I'm lucky enough. My name is you know John McKeown, and my father's name is John McKeown. His father's name is John McKeown. So I'm the fifth John McKeown, and I think. The first one to come to the U.S. was the first John McKeown. I think his father's name was Dominic McKeown, and and they were from, um, you know, I want to say the uh, Sligo area of of Ireland. Um, again, I'm not. I don't. I don't have any relatives back in Ireland that I, you know, that I know of, and that I would, you know, go and visit, but. Um, my family's been in the U.S. for quite a while, but I still they still have a strong affinity to Ireland heritage. My my grandmother was a feral. She, you know, they're full on Irish on that side of the family, my father's side of the family. So uh, it's very strong um, still here now, and it's it's always glad to reconnect with uh, with uh, my Irish friends and, and people that I met over time. Yeah, and look, even the fact that you know they come, you know, from Sligo is telling because sometimes people have no idea where at all in the country. So that that definitely uh, demonstrates the the connection. I suppose, John, like one of the things that I always like to to talk to people about um, is their the kind of origin story because we all come to football in in a different way. Um, now I know you grew up in um, in New York and and you played the the game over there but um I suppose uh, interested for um the the listeners to this to hear a little bit about you know um your background because you have had an interesting journey yeah it's been uh, I mean football's been a part of my life for a long time and uh you know I played at a, at a high level in college at uh, North Carolina State University in uh, Raleigh North Carolina um, I was 
a left tackle. You know, Philip Rivers was kind of the big name player. I was Philip Rivers' left tackle, like when he was up for his Heisman year, and and we had a great team. You know, Mario Williams, a lot, a lot of high draft picks, guys playing in the in the early two thousands. Um, you know, came out of my school, and and we we were a good team. And I was all fortunate enough to kind of like have a cup of coffee in the NFL uh, with a couple teams. Uh, uh, didn't really last long. Didn't really stick anywhere. Um, and uh, after a couple stints with the Reno football team from the U.S., I found myself uh, kind of invited to play overseas. And at that time in my life, I had no idea there was American football in Europe at all. Um, but, you know, I was in my early 20s and it seemed like a, a interesting adventure. So, uh, you know, long story short, I, I spent 2008, 2009, and 2010 playing uh, American football in Finland for the Helsinki Roosters in uh, Paris uh, with the Flash de Lacroix, and then coaching in Northern Italy for a small team called the Reggio Hawks. And it, it really kind of changed my life. It opened up like the world to me uh, going and doing that and meeting and, and uh, spending time with those teams and seeing the work they were putting in, the passion they had for the sport. Um, and it, it really, you know, like I said, it really changed me. So when I was done playing, um, I kind of realized that I was not going to keep playing forever. And and I, when I moved back to New York from Europe, I, uh, I still miss the game. I still miss kind of the, uh, the energy and the camaraderie and, and the growth and the progression of the game there. So I couldn't really find great resources online or in the U.S. Uh, about keeping up with what was going on over there. So I basically created one on my own, and that's what uh, American Football International has become, uh, kind of just a portal and 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 home for news and information about uh, what's happening, not just in Europe, but around the world uh, in regards to the growth of American football. And, uh, you know, that was, you know, in the mid early 2010s. And uh, since then it's kind of grown over time. Uh, my business partner, Roger Kelly joined me a couple years later and uh, the site is, is it's a nice lifestyle site that, that, I, that continues to grow. We have some great, uh, Great writers, great uh, social media presence. I think, I think we, uh, you know, we love what we do, and it's, it's fun, and, and it's fun to grow the business and 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 follow the progression of American football uh, as it grows outside the U.S. Um, and that's kind of what has led me to the, you know, the venture that I've been on in the past uh, year with uh, the Paris Musketeers was, you know, staying close to the sport. Um, my former head coach, actually, in Paris is the commissioner of the league, uh, Patrick Azumek. So, uh, I've, you know, we have a very close relationship and he's kind of who has turned me on to this opportunity. And, um, yeah. And that's basically leads us to the past, uh, you know, pre, uh, pre plus pre, uh, Paris Musketeers time. Yeah. Well, I, I think a number of things, uh, stand, stand out there, you know, the, the, the fact, I suppose that your own, um, time playing across his path with uh, Philip Rivers, who is going to be very familiar to uh, fans on this side of the Atlantic. But also, you know, um, we, we would have a lot of players from here in Ireland that over the years have gone to spend time in those leagues in Europe uh, because obviously it's an amateur league here. It's semi-pro in in Europe and the crowds they, they get and they've come back, many of them. And, you know, I think we've seen um, there was always the passion and there was always the commitment from guys here. But I think the league has grown and developed and, and probably improved. 
Um, and I think it will be also uh, interesting uh, to to hear about the the you know the ownership of getting a team off the ground. But in terms of uh, a- AFI and the work that that you do, you, you mentioned the great writers. I think it shines through, and the fact that there is that passion there, um, because I know uh, you know it, it pops up regularly. Um, obviously, for teams over here, I would see it, and people would see it. But again, when you go onto the site, you see the depth and the breadth of the content, um, that is truly a testament. I, I mentioned it in your intro to, you know, your commitment to seeing the game grow. And on that, John, I suppose, like from when you came over, right, you mentioned 2008, how different do you think the landscape looks in, you know, 15 years on in 2023? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, it's funny because like when I, you know, when I was first following the European League of Football, you know, two years ago when it, when it started, uh, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure how much, you know, better the sport had gotten, like how much more competitive, how, you know, were the athletes better, you know, and then kind of really being close to it now over the past, you know, year and two years since, since the, you know, the project initially started, it really is uh, a lay years ahead from where I was when I was there 15 years ago, you know, coming, coming from the U S and playing, um, you know, playing as a high level in the U S and coming to play in Europe at a, no, I, I don't, it was a high level for Europe, but it's definitely a step down from anything in North America. Uh, you, you know, you're automatically the best player on the field. You, you kind of had so much, uh, high level exposure to, you know, the way things have been done in the U S for so long, you're, you're automatically kind of like light years ahead of, of, the players and coaches, you know, back in the early 2000s. Now, I mean, you have programs in the European League of Football that, you know, you look at the Ryan Fire, you look at the Frankfurt Galaxy, the Vienna Vikings. I mean, these these programs have advanced in the past 10, 15 years. They are they've invested in their infrastructures and their players and their coaches and their off-season program, and it it reflects on the field. I mean, this is this is professional football in Europe, um, like it hasn't been seen since the NFL Europe was there. And um, I, it's definitely well ahead of where it was when I played and was there in the early 2010s. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, the, I suppose the, the interest writ large in the game, you can see it here, you can see it across Europe. But I know the NFL, many people um, were obviously taken aback, I think, uh, in, in a very pleasant way with the response to the NFL game. But I think for people on this side of the Atlantic, they kind of thought, it wasn't it wasn't a shock it was like of course i mean the interest like the the leagues in europe get 10 15 20,000 people 30,000 people at finals mm-hmm. so it it's not a surprise to to people but in terms i suppose look in you know getting a team you know uh started like the um and 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 up and running and talk to me about that process because that's that's a quite the the effort to get get it up off the ground and not just like you know up off the ground it, it's the it's been you've been com- competitive like gone up against some serious competition as well in in year one mm-hmm. yeah i i mean football is a unique you know from a business standpoint i mean football is a unique sport where you know you don't really play that many games compared to soccer baseball basketball so you're you know you're your uh, revenue generating opportunities are limited. Um, and so, you know, when we, when me and I, I basically, you know, 
reached out to uh, Patrick Azumi about the opportunity, um, you know, met with uh, our kind of the local business partners that that were that turned out to actually be local former teammates of mine when I played for the Flash, uh, Mark Allen, Mark Angelo Zuma, who's their who's our GM, and Francis Dorleal, who was a defensive end, uh, you know, that I practiced with, you know, 15 years ago. So these are guys I knew, they're guys I trusted, they're guys that I knew that were passionate about it, um, and uh, you know, they were the great great partners to kind of like kick this thing off with in Paris. And uh, I took it kind of back to my network here in the US. Um, and we kind of dug into the numbers and figured out like, you know, what was possible, you know, what were the actual revenue generating parts of the business and, and uh, you know, figured we could put together a, a nice package that would um, kind of lift the team off the ground. And, uh, you know, that was, that was a year ago now, but we've come a long way. It's definitely been, uh, uh, we've learned a ton. I mean, I would say everything from, you know, literally we developed the logo, you know, and finding the rights, you know, obtaining the rights to the name Musketeers was, it was an interesting project, you know, all the way through, uh, building the team and hiring coaches it's and negotiating contracts and learning how to do that in, in another country that you haven't done business in before. Um, tons of learnings, tons of experiences. I mean, I could, I could share, you know, any ton of stories about each of these, like, individual processes but uh it was you know it's it's part of kind of the adventure that i had when i was living in europe and then also the adventure that i had that building american football international i i applied the same kind of you know process and ethos to uh to this team and say, say with my business partners um and we're very involved like it's it's not like we're owners sitting back in an ivory tower like you know watching guys around it's like you know one of my you know jason johnson he, he was a former european player for the Sparkle Raiders to Royal Raiders. Uh, and he's American who's come back and sees the same thing I see. He's on the field, you know, warming up the receivers. Um, so we're very involved. Um, and it's it's exciting. It's kind of why we got involved with the project is to be involved and to, and to put our hands in and, and see what we could do to, to, to lift uh, this team off. Yeah, and look, kudos to all of you because the the work you know that that goes in behind the the scenes and both you know on, on the ground but uh the, very often the stuff that doesn't get seen uh is uh is quite uh quite incredible um you know you've got uh i i know that the the team was on um uh, a bye week and you've got i think is it is it three games left uh in the the rest of the season um like how how would you you like to to see things I suppose uh, fi finish out uh, I think yeah are you 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 a it's one one more uh, road game and then you got two home games right that's right yeah we play we play at Hamburg this weekend and then we're home against Barcelona and Cologne to kind of wrap up our schedule so um yeah I mean it's it's funny so the first nine weeks of the season I mean we went from basically not having having no team having you know basically getting our helmets and pads and having guys show up at the end of April and try to put, trying to build a team. And it's, it's, it's challenging. There's a lot more things that go into it from a, not only a business perspective, but from a football perspective and our head coach, Mark Mattioli will definitely attest to this is it's uh building a, it's not just building a team. It's building a program. It's building um, infrastructure for the guys, uh, medical, you know, all the medical and, and, uh, these guys are playing week in, week out, hard nosed football. Their bodies are, you know, are on the line. So us providing, um, you know, physical therapies, uh, treatments, you know, 
all the tape and equipment that that we need to stay safe and and, and healthy is a big part of is a big part of not only preseason but maintaining during the season um and playing nine straight games uh, against some of the top competition like i said ryan fire frankfurt galaxy uh stuttgart surge some of the best teams in the league um Definitely put our guys to the test, but uh, I, I, I'm I'm proud of the performances we did. I'm proud. I'm proud of the strides we made as a team and how we've come together. Even though it was a rough, it was a rough stretch. I mean, we sit here at three and six. Uh, we and our six losses are to teams that are like twenty two and and two. So um, we've played some of the best in the league, and I think we've gotten better each week. Uh, finishing out the season, I see us. Um, you now I see us trying to finish strong. I think we are guys. We're, like I said, we're getting better week after week. I think our coaches are uh, are continuing to like learn our learn about our players, learn about our guys, and that only makes us uh, closer and stronger on the field. So, you know, our goal is to finish out the year. You know, win these next three games, finish the season at six and six at five hundred, and go into the off season uh, ready to work and ready to compete uh, with the best of the league for for next year. And, and you know, this is really. What's what's most exciting for me? It's like you know this off season, it's like the first time we didn't have an off season last year. Like we didn't even have a team. So uh, now we you know we we have a team. We have we, we don't everything that we had to do. Like the step from zero to one was much harder than this next step from one to two. And um, I'm excited for the the opportunity we have in the off season to um, to get better and to improve and and to optimize not only our football stuff but our business stuff and um and just build a solid organization and i suppose just interested in in your take uh john in terms of the the way in which the the nfl views the kind of global growth of the game because it's like if if you go back to the 80s over here and in the uk right it starts on tv and the bears and the people's kind of interest in the bears is kind of what first puts it on the map. Um, and, and then it kind of disappears for a time. And then you have NFL Europe and then that disappears. And, and then they kind of dip their toe in the water with the London games and those kind of grow in, in popularity. But it feels at, from a, from a fan's perspective, it feels like over the last couple of years, there's been a little bit of a sea change. You've got the, the game in Germany, but you also have, you know, and and like you now have NFL offices in in Germany, in Australia. You have a much bigger office in uh, the UK, and you have, you know, Clark Hunt, owner of the Chiefs, saying, you know, I don't want just any game in Germany. I want it to be one of our, you know, premier games. You also have, you know, more and more the international player pathway, more international. Um, kind of combines or or workouts, and you know we're we're beginning to see some of the players from, um, you know from Europe and and from elsewhere kind of make their way. I look, Australia has kind of captured the the punting and and kicking market. We got FA Obada from the UK. Um, CJ Okoya was kind of making um noise with the Chargers at, at the weekend. Is the NFL itself kind of waking up to the the possibilities, not just of of making money, but of like having players from all around the world play at the top top level? Yeah, I mean, I, like the NFL. I mean, it, that that is that is the bar. I mean, that's that's the highest level of the sport 
you know, in the world. And so, you know, we are constantly looking at them for, you know, as for, you know, as an example, as, as a model for, for the systems and, and processes we want to put in place and the football we want to play in the field. But, uh, you know, there, there's, there's decades of experience and learnings and, and, you know, the way they became the largest and most valuable sports property on, in the, on the globe is, is, is over time and over smart decisions and, and hard work. So, you know, the, I, I think the NFL has some, some very, very smart people that, you know, observe what's happening and the trends around the world and, and how, you know, I always say the globalization of sport, but, you know, you can say almost the same thing about, you know, soccer and, you know, traditional football, uh, how it's, it's growing in the U S I mean, valuations of sports teams and, you know, you got Lionel Messi playing in Miami, you got, you know, women's, the women's league in the U S is, is taking off popularity sport in the U S and I, and I think that kind of that you're, you're almost seeing the reciprocal of that in Europe where, uh, the vacuum of American football and, and the appetite for it is there. And I don't know if it's, you know, the overall interest in American culture, the, uh, the celebrity culture, you know, Tom Brady, you know, Odell Beckham Jr., all the, all the kind of the, the celebrity culture of American football, or just the interest in the, in the passion of the game and learn people learning the game, learning the strategy of it, learning the complexity of it. You know, the, uh, the, the NFL making strides in the safety of the game, um, to kind of make it more approachable for, uh, people to learn and people to feel comfortable playing. I mean, they're doing all the right things to, 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 uh, to promote the sport. And, uh, you know, we, you know, we're proud to, to try to, be part of the the movement that they're making, you know, overseas. You know, we're we're not obviously associated with the NFL at all. We don't have any, you know, any stake in what we're doing. But you know, I'm sure the NFL. You know, there's 15 million people that live in Paris. Like, you know, that's that's a great market for the NFL to to look at to be to be in. And and it, it's hard to penetrate it. So I think we're doing a lot of the dirty work and getting down there and marketing the sport, introducing it to a lot of people, um, showing people what's possible in Paris because. Um, Paris is an amazing city. I mean, I don't have to tell you that. Um, you know, the NFL going to Munich, going to Frankfurt, uh, you know, obviously London year after year. They know and they see the results, you know. Through AFI, I've seen the traffic that, that is driven from Europe, from Europe for quite a while and how it's increasing, what countries it's very interested in. Uh, Germany has always been, you know, the number one consumer and and traffic uh you know traffic country on, on american football international but france is not far behind so um that's one of the reasons that what excited me about this project and um and you know the nfl has that same data it's not like it's not just the data that i have it's 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 pretty uh ubiquitous that that the nfl and american football the popularity of the sport is growing over time and you know, it's about positioning yourself correctly and, and uh, putting a great product and service on the field. No, absolutely. But and I do think, I think a game in Paris is um, going to, to happen. I think you'll see games in, in more European cities in Paris would, I imagine, feature very highly. But I think the work that, that you and others are doing, I mean, to me, again, as somebody who's been a fan for a long time, uh, the, the difference in the vibe from having teams that that are feel really local right rather than 
um, NFL Europe teams where, yeah, we obviously had some great players come out of NFL Europe and go on to, to be superstars. But the feeling was it was always kind of transplanted, whereas, you know, this is it's organic, it's real. And I think fans respond to that. Um, another area where I'm kind of interested in it, just in, in your taking it is uh, it's slightly different. But the the growth of flag obviously is something that, you know, because it's it's open to to everybody and, and it's a way of kind of involving more people in the game. And um, I suppose I, I as we record this, we're mere days away from the European flag championships taking place here in Ireland in the University of Limerick. It's going to be a huge event, lots of eyes on it. Um, but also it, it looks very much like flag is going to become an Olympic sport. And, you know, going back again to say what the NFL, the commitment to the last couple of years, they brought in Brett Gosper, a guy who headed up world rugby. Rugby is in the Olympics. Flag is going to look to be in the Olympics. But I suppose like, you know, how in, in terms of the overall picture, Right, as somebody who is interested in growing interest in uh, in the sport and and the game uh, around the world, how key a component could flag be in bringing new eyes to the sport, John? Yeah, I mean the the mechanics of, of flag football and, and traditional football are, are very similar. I mean, it's not it is a, they are different sports, but I think the the reason why I mean. It's it's not hard to figure this out, but the reason why a flag is 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 kind of being pushed forward is because of the ease of accessibility, the uh, the cost of acquisition, you know, is much lower. It's much easier to get people involved. You know, it's as e- easy as a couple of flags, you know, a couple of flag belts, football, and some cones, and you can pick up a game and play. And and I think that seven on seven mechanic, that uh, you know, the quarterback, you know, a lot of the skill positions, all the stuff that like. Um, is really kind of the bread and butter of, of what makes the NFL, you know, so uh, visually attractive and, and, you know, such a highlight machine, you know, or a media machine is, is a lot of the things that flag highlights. I mean, you, if you watched, if you watched the flag highlights to the, to the uh, senior men's championships, uh, you know, last time they played, you would be blown away by some of the athletes on the field and the plays that are made. It's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a fast, intense uh, sport. So, you know, that that's an easy way for like, you know, the masses to I think get easily introduced to the sport, the rules of the game, the concepts, um, and participate, especially for for women, for for youth. Um and uh I think that's really where it starts is like, you know, if you're if you're gonna wait and rely to like build a team of you know, gather twenty two of your friends to buy hundreds of dollars of equipment, you know, the game your game is gonna grow much slower. Um, this, this provides, I think a great entry to the, to the sport. And, um, it's easily from, from a fan aspect. I mean, if you are interested in flag, it's, it's easy to translate to watching the full, uh, you know, fully, uh, NFL rules. I think they're doing a great job. I think it's a great idea to, to really push it forward. And, and, um, you know, it is an exciting sport. Like it is something interesting to watch and, and takes, takes a lot of, uh, athletic ability so there's no reason to me why you know hopefully we'll see it maybe in uh you know some kind of level of it and you know it's probably too close for paris 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 olympics are next summer but um yeah it's it's i'm, I'm very interested in what they're doing and we're trying to you know 
we don't really have we don't have any immediate plans to do any of that kind of stuff right now with um with Paris just because we have a lot on our plate just getting a normal professional American football team off the ground but you know we have had events with the federation the French federation they come to every one of our home games they set up a flag um there's a there's a mini field inside of the Stade Jean Blatt and the federation does a flag um kind of trainings and exhibitions and it kind of promotes the sport in France, the flag football uh, sport in France um, at our games. So it's it's part of our mission uh, with the Paris Musketeers and with the French Federation partnership we have to promote the sport in France. And, uh, you know, it, we see a future with it. And just, I, I suppose, kind of piggybacking a little bit on what you said, um, you know, the, the Paris, the Musketeers, obviously you've got that, started and and you're mentioned that you know want to finish out strong and and continue to build on that but you are an innovator you are an entrepreneur you do like to to start things is the the musketeers and then continuing to build that the the sole focus uh, for the remainder of 2023 or um what what else uh, might you have brewing john yeah there's a you know, right now I, I just had a, a son um, back in April. Uh, so, you know, not only did I birth a football team, but I birthed the, my, my, my first and, and only son, um, you know, not four months ago. So my plate is pretty full with uh, what I have on it right now um, between my family uh, the, and my football passions. Um, there is there is so much that we can do with this team and, and where we can go with it. Um, we have so there's so much interest in and outside of France and in American football, in the Paris Musketeers, in the European League of Football, um, because you know, I think the league does an amazing job uh, with the, the promotion and the media. You know, but you know, at the end of the day, this is a, we're all starting up. The league is a startup. Our team is a startup, and startups take time. They take energy. They take you know, they take thought. They take money, and and um, we're going to continue to 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 build this out. I mean, we're, I mean. You just think about it. We played our first game June 10th or June 3rd, and here we are, you know, 12 weeks later, and the season's almost over. Uh, and there's we've learned so much. There's so much we've learned in such a short amount of time that, that going back to what I said earlier, I'm, I'm excited to jump into the offseason and start uh, pairing and getting better and, um, and uh, helping grow, uh, continue to grow, you know, American football in, in Europe, in Paris, grow the European League of Football, grow the Paris Musketeers, um, and just, you know, continue to build the partnerships that that have made uh, made us successful so far and, and are going to continue to make us successful. Well, congratulations on the, the new the new arrival. And uh, yeah, it means that, yeah, you truly have had an incredibly busy uh, few months and, and uh, really year. Um we talked, you know, we talked about like all the things you're doing. We talked about um, the, the the website, but just to remind people who might not have the familiarity, perhaps, um, where can they check out more of the the stuff, and, and where can they find out more about the Musketeers? Sure. Uh, I mean, first I'll talk to you about American Football International. It's kind of like my uh, my my baby from back in the day. Like, uh, you know, I, I I'm obviously still a big part of it. I still work on it uh, on a daily basis. I've I've, been, I've built a team of people, but uh, that website is uh, AmericanFootballInternational.com. Um, you can 
find us on Instagram at AFI underscore review and on, on Twitter or now X at the same same handle, AFI underscore review. Um, where we publish, uh, you know, five to 10 original pieces of content a day, uh, exclusively speaking about, uh, you know, the, the international football scene. Um, so if you ever want to, you know, learn more about American football in Japan, Morocco, Brazil, Germany, France, Ireland, you know, we try to, the, the world is big, you know, we're, we're only so big, but, uh, we have a great team that tries to cover it and, and make, and essentially aggregate that information in one place and uh, get people, you know, the information they want to know. And then uh, with the Paris Musketeers, um, you know, we're, we play this Saturday. We have three more games left in our season. Um, you can learn more about us at uh, parismusketeers.com. Also, same Instagram handle, at uh, Paris Musketeers, and um, X Twitter, at Paris Musketeers. So uh, we have three more games, two more home games. Uh, you can, you know, we're selling tickets to to play Barcelona. Barcelona's coming to Paris. Cologne is coming to Paris uh, for our last two games on August 27th and uh, the 3rd of September. Um, we're putting on a show, you know, like we do every week. It's Jean Bouez. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's it's a beautiful stadium not too far from the Eiffel Tower. It's literally like in Paris proper. Um, so being there, um, being able to play football in Paris, uh, host teams from around Europe. Um, it's really a, a dream come true, and and we're having so much fun. Um, and uh, we hope that we can, I can host host you there maybe one day, and then uh, and anyone else who wants to come to Paris. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. And I mean, I'd look just kudos to to you and continued success on that. And I think uh, to have that as a, an an addition, a nice additional piece. There's so much to to do and to see, obviously in Paris, but to be able to catch an American football game, uh, and for for those listening, you know, uh, just before the NFL season kicks off, a nice trip over. Uh, to round out the the summer and uh, see some football could be a great way to to round things off. Um, we will make sure to put the links into the show notes and to get you tagged in uh, when this goes up, so people can find out. And uh, you know, it, they really do incredible work on the website. Uh, you're saying that you you know it's it's a big world you can't cover everything you almost do my goodness I I, I see uh, the the number of, of original pieces and uh, as I said the breadth and depth it is truly staggering uh, but for now John McKeown thanks for your time and continued success to to you and everything you're doing this is great thank you so much for having me it's great to kind of talk talk to you about about all this and uh, yeah don't be afraid to have me back and reach out anytime you're in Paris very good